Welcome back. It is the Budweiser Sports Forum. We are live in Houston. It's Super Bowl 38. It's all brought to you by our friends at Toyota. And we are joined finally by a true world champion <laughs> and a dear friend and uh, a guy who's, you know, making a name for himself and growing some decent dreadlocks down here. The Big one, time. the only, number 55 in your playbook, number one in your hearts, Jamie Sharp. Big hair, baby. Yeah, how y'all guys doing What's in Baltimore? What's the big hair, man? You, I hey. know you're trying to be like your brother's teammates up at Green Bay. <laughs> now, those guys got some, some dreads now. Yeah, they got a couple years on me, man. Those guys are going for a little bit longer. Who's McKenzie, that, McKenzie? McKenzie and, uh, and uh, Al Harris. Al Harris. Yeah, you got the two big, corners. big interception, right? Yep. Those guys are going for a little bit longer than me. So, uh, yeah, they got to keep warm up there in Green Bay, though, man. It's so cold. They need to the hair on their heads. Tell me you're not sweating down here. I'm sweating here. down here, definitely. Like I have a stylist taking care of me like every now, week. How does that hair not up. get kind of caught up in your helmet? And I got I, I to wear my Jimmy cap, you know. Can't wear bandanas anymore. Thanks to Ray Lewis, you know. We got to wear Jimmy caps now, you know. Ray Lewis and Deion Sanders, they banned it. Ray Lewis bandanas. is all that's bad about the NFL because he wears a Raven jersey. That's what it is. They love to hate the, they love to hate the good guy, man. They love to hate the good guy. You know? They hate the Ravens, man. Yep. You feel that down here now? I felt it. I felt it when I was in Baltimore. I felt it all over, man. Now, do you feel a little uh, ignored, a little on the outside, being that you're playing for this expansion team and all that it's stuff? It's all here? over again. Same stuff I was feeling when I was in 97, 98 in Baltimore. I mean, you're a brand-new team. People trying to get to know you. Until you start winning games, they don't know who you are, really. And I think uh, until we get these victories out here in, in, in Houston, Texas land, uh, people are not going to really understand what we have to offer. They're going to understand our players sh- or what have you. Nobody in Houston's listening. <laughs> it's not the same, is it? Not it's not the same. Not the same here. Oh, no, nah, not at all. But, you know, football is big in Texas, though, man. Football is real big in Texas. But it's not the same. It's never the same after you won a championship. When you're a world champion in Baltimore, nothing's the same. You trying to teach people the right way down here? Oh, definitely. Young guys trying to learn. They're trying to learn what's going on. wish I could teach Dom and, uh, and those uh, coaches how to do it, you know, like Billick, you know, like Club Med up there in Baltimore, man. It's chill, you know. Oh, Capers got a foot up your backside? It's like Tom Coughlin's camp down here, man. It's really? like... like Military down here, yeah. Well, I mean, did it get that way? Like, well, tell me about the good parts of Bill. Like, now that you've played for oh. someone else, you played for Ted, you played for Brian, you played for Dom. Yep. G- tell me the good parts of why Brian Billick is liked by players, why Baltimore is a place where people want to come play. Well, I know that um, he takes he's a, he's a player's coach where he wants the player to go out there and perform at the maximum of his ability. I mean, he doesn't go out there and, and be like, all right. I, I, I sent you a hundred and some plays. You've practiced a hundred some times. You should know what to do now since you practice all day, all long. He's more about, all right, you guys, I want you to be as fresh as possible. Have your legs under you. You go out there and get what you've done, what you have to do to be ready for the game. He lets get veteran guys take care of their business. He doesn't go out there and say, all right, I did all I had to do as a coach. It's, it's, a, it's the player's fault they don't get it done. He's more like the, the players need to be as fresh as possible. I'm going to try to get my stuff together, the playbook and what have you, together as much as possible where I can outsmart other coaches and my players play better than your players. And that's what I like. Uh, a guy that trusting his guys to go out there and make plays, and he tries to make sure you're fresh for the whole year long. And uh, I felt that difference going from Ted Marchbuilder to him where my body felt better the whole season. And with the feeling better the whole season long, we were able to go further in the playoffs, I think, that first year. For you to come down here and start this thing, to be on the field the first night, to be really a guy, I think you, Baselli, and a couple other guys they brought in, do you expecting Baselli and you to be leaders? Now, of course, he had some injury problems. It wasn't there. You were the star of this football team last year. You yeah. were there, Ray Lewis. Correct. Obviously not the same results or success and not mm-hmm. the same talent around you. Yep. Uh, that must have been pretty difficult. The first six, seven months, and I know Tony yeah. Agnone, your dear agent from up in uh, Towson, probably yep. telling you that this is the way it had to be. Mm-hmm. You kind of sort of knew halfway through the Ravens season 
you had a real good chance of being a Texan. You yeah, knew that. I know there was, there was a possibility coming down here, and then here I am, you know, trying to build up another team. Uh, last year it was fun, though. I mean, I had so many guys around me, Aaron Glenn, uh, Gary Walker, those guys was making plays for me, and our defense was playing at a high level. Uh, but this past year, some of my Warriors went down with injuries, and uh, we had the most guys on injury reserve as any team in the NFL, and it showed with our record. I mean, we were in some close games, but we couldn't get it done in the fourth quarter. We didn't have that veteran uh, knowledge to get it done. And uh, I was able to get through the season healthy, which I'm glad about. And being out on, this, on that field the whole season and being out there a long time on defense, I was able to have a lot of tackles, you know, and, and, and lead the league in tackles and what have you. And uh, that shows, you know, that uh, we need to get to another level on defense here, and we need to keep these guys healthy. Jamie Sharper joining us down here in Houston. He is a member of the Houston Texans. Uh, you know, the Texans weren't a team that anybody wanted to play. I mean, you gave both of these teams that are in the Super Bowl, you beat one, you gave the other one overtime hell, and maybe you beat them and the championship game wouldn't have been in New England. It might have been in Kansas City. It could have been anywhere. True. Yeah, we could have um, we could have hurt them a little bit, the Patriots. I mean, it came down to the overtime. I mean, we had a play where I even got a sack. And um, got the ball back on like the 35 yard line. You got line. a sack? That's like Virginia. That's <laughs> yep. old school, right? Yes, You're going to have the quarterback. Yep. I got a sack down here. I'm sacking the ball, sacking the quarterback a lot. And we had the ball on the 35 yard line. I had a chance to be able to kick a field goal, but we got pushed back about seven yards and we had to punt the ball back to those guys and they went down to score it. So it was a close game. But I think it shows you that the parody in the NFL, you know, anybody can win on any, any, any given Sunday. And uh, to go out here, and play hard every Sunday. I'm proud of what the Houston Texans did. You know, we had a lot of young guys went out there and played hard and not knowing what's going on, but they went out there and laid it on the line. And I think next year you're going to see how that's going to help us out. It's going to add more depth because we had so many guys get hurt. Our young guys had to step up and play. So next year we have a lot of depth on defense. I think it's going to help us out a lot. Does Baltimore feel like a long time ago to you? Not at all. I mean, it feels like yesterday to you. Yeah, especially talking about that Super Bowl run and that, that, that week before Super Bowl. I had so much fun. Uh, 2000, it seemed that long ago. But it's like three years ago, you know, three, four years ago. It's starting to slip away. I mean, I don't want to be like a Steeler fan 28 uh, years later still talking about something that happened 20 yeah. years ago. It's been three years now, and you almost feel like it's, you know, you want to earn another one. I know you do. People, I know the Ravens do. People, people respect the fact of all the things we did in Baltimore. They know how good our defense was, and they see the defense in Baltimore now build up to that same level. I mean, y'all put so many guys in the Pro Bowl, it's ridiculous, man. <laughs> Talk about y'all like they talked about the San Francisco 49ers. They had like eight guys in the Pro Bowl. Absolutely. Yeah, so like Baltimore's getting the respect, you know, and I think that's good for the, for the area, and it's good for um, the team. Let's go individually here. Let's Ray. You miss Ray? You talk to Ray? I mean, yeah. do you miss having that kind of guy around, or do you like being having- that guy? I miss having him around, you know, because he's such a good leader. But the guys I miss him more are Tony Saragusa and Sam Adams. I mean, those guys, I know the difference between having those guys up front holding people off for you. Of and you, anybody else. And anybody else, man. Those guys knew how to play that defense we had, that 4-3 scheme with Marvin Lewis and let me and Ray run free. I mean, that was a great defense. I had many players, many linebackers around the league just envious of our defense and how free we used to run and just hit guys down here and just make plays in the backfield. I mean, they knew that – it was a scheme, but they knew that we had the guys around us to make plays, and they always talk about that. Would you and, uh, say they're unsung, that people don't – Goose kind of is the jokes during the pranks, but nobody gave him credit. Sam came into his own, got his Pro Bowl credit yeah. or whatever, but because of those big, fat, sloppy bodies and those big asses, nobody talks yeah. about them when they talk about that defense. I mean, defense. that defense line, Rob Burnett, Mike McCray, and that defense line was definitely what kept us playing hard and kept the linebackers free. But look at the and depth they kept there. The, kept Jelly. The yeah. yeah, Jelly yeah, Roll. Well, well, Keith, 
Keith Washington. Keith Washington. I mean, you have so many guys on that leaf line that come in and just can get a sack for you. Come in and can get make plays for you. We had we were so deep on on, on defense, even on offense that year on our Super Bowl run. You know, having Priest Holmes as a backup. I mean, look what he's doing now. You know, you know, it, having uh, Ty. He was a backup. I mean. We have so, many, so much depth, and I think that's the type of, type of depth we're trying to build here in Houston, and that's why I'm happy to go into next year and see what happens. Peter struggled all year. Injuries, Peter injuries. Did. Just had it. He just was nicked up. He wasn't he was right. It was up. almost like that 99 season okay. when he wasn't really right, yet he's still going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And you guys forged a relationship, too. Two very similar players. I mean, a lot of people didn't think you guys could coexist. Yeah, he Peter's did. a sack guy. He always gets some sacks. You know? I'm more like, kind of like Ray where I go out and get a lot of tackles, you know. Try to get an inception but here there. But you were a sack guy in college. I had some sacks. I had about five or six sacks. But I was more a guy that run all over the field and um, get the tackles, you know. Peter was a straight sack guy coming from college, and he's a sack guy now. You know, that's what he loves to do. And uh, he goes out there and plays uh, outside line requisition well. And uh, how's Terrell Suggs? He's doing good things down there too. He, he a lot of looks sacks. like a little Peter. Yeah, I mean, he's Peter. the right, right. Yeah, I mean, he's ready to go. I mean, Darius Thomas, you know, he played well. I mean, yeah, a lot of outside linebackers make some good plays. Adele's going going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, as a special teams player, so, and he got dinged. Though we didn't have him in the playoffs. I mean, we didn't play our playoff game with Pete and Adela's, and I still say to this day that you take you those guys out, you could have won that. You, you you can't win. Yeah. You can't win with those guys. That's true. Marvin. Marvin. He was here yesterday. He was at a media day. He Marvin is a rock star now. Look Marvin's at him. Marvin's a man, man, to go out there in Cincinnati and turn that team around. I mean, what did he do for you? Main I, thing, he had, the energy that like Ray brought on the on the uh, playing field. That's the energy that Marvin brought into the um, coaching room. Uh, he was always looking at different film and, and wanted to stress the importance of you looking at film and. Did you have the knowledge of what you were looking at? He'll question guys right there in the meeting, like, what plays coming on this, this specific formation, or what these guys will come out with on this specific set of uh, personnel groups. So he challenged guys uh, mentally, and I think guys like that. You know, you don't want to go in there all the time and just fall asleep in meetings. He actually challenged guys from Deron Jenkins back when, back in the day to Ray. I mean, he challenged everybody. So you had to re- look at your film and understand when you came to that meeting room, you might have to not be asked a question, but you have to know what's going on and know what he's talking about. And that's why we were so smart on defense. We were able to make so many plays. He's you, a great guy. You know, with Marvin, we talk about you a lot because mm-hmm. you were a challenge for him. You mm-hmm. were one of the first guys to come in. Yep. He would always say, if I keep Jamie Sharper focused, Jamie Sharper is going to be a Pro Bowl incredible mm-hmm. football player. Mm-hmm. And he always, he would talk about you a lot. Yeah, Marvin's good and, and how much he wanted to drive you because he saw it in you. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm a laid back guy. Marvin always wanted to make me go out there and, and be a rah-rah guy, you know. He always wanted to try to pull a trick and see what, how I thought. But not that many people can get into my head as much as possible, you know, but I realized in my third or fourth year, just I got to go out there and perform, period. And I think when you looked at me and Peter and even Mike McCrary, I mean, we had a lot of guys that had to change up their style of what they were playing in order to get the defense to be successful. I mean, Mike McCrary had to give up on getting sacks every play. He had to actually play run defense. Uh, Peter had to learn how to play outside linebacker. I had to learn how to go out there and, and really practice and get to be able to um, go out there and make plays on Sunday. I mean, we had a lot of guys who had to mature as players in that, those five years, and we were able to do it for that championship run. And that's thanks to Marvin and thanks to Jack Del Rio and, and a lot of guys. Well, everybody's getting about, credit now. Yeah, we think about Donnie Henderson getting that, that job, man. You, you know, I, people have been asking me, a lot of the New York media have come up to me and for quotes or whatever and said, what do you think of Donnie Henderson? And I said, here's a guy here that made the secondary better every year. I mean, whether it was Will Demps or whether it was Ed Reed or whether it was Dwayne Starks, whether it was Chris McAllister or Rob Woodson, he 
when you rub up against those guys and they do well, you're going to get credit just like you do. I mean, yep. when you surround yourself with the Peter Bowers and the Ray Lewis's and the Marvin Lewis's, mm-hmm. it makes everybody look good. That's Donnie's now taking the next logical step to become a defense coordinator. What do you think of that? I think it's great, man. It's great for uh, Baltimore. It's great for the, their defensive staff. I mean, they have a lot of guys on the defense should be getting jobs. And I think Donnie is a guy that uh, may – a lot of guys better. I think you talk about Chris McAllister stepping up to that Pro Bowl level. Donnie did that. You talking about that secondary every them getting picks. I mean, who was the secondary coach? Donnie. Donnie Henderson. Donnie Henderson. So I mean, Starks got paid. Yeah, Starks got paid. You know, that was from the Super Bowl year. I mean, he's a good guy. I wish the best to him. He's going to do some good things in the, with the Jets. I think uh, it's interesting to see how the Ravens are going to do now. They have somebody. People from that defense getting pulled away, you know, and see how they're going to fill those positions and, and fill those positions of guys that were there for that Super Bowl run and to keep those guys focused for another run. So that'll, that'll be interesting. Jamie Sharper joining us here in Houston, Super Bowl 38. It's all brought to you by Toyota. All right, let's 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 get into Houston here in the town. And uh, You live here now? Do you, you, you yeah. here most of the time? We, we, play, we play with Dom Cabers. You have to be here. You have to be here. Yeah, it's like you have, if you're around, it's, it's not like in Baltimore. To you have to be here see what this everything. Super Bowl's done, uh, you know, to kind of sort of galvanize everything, to bring that Oilers and Texans thing together. Yeah. This is good fun. I mean, to have it here and have you guys be a part of it. You're the three days, three Texans. McKinney was by on Monday. Mm-hmm. David Picard was by yesterday. You're by today. Yep. Uh, we had Bob McNair here the other day, yep. the owner team. I mean, I think the Texans are doing everything they can do to get out into the forefront of this thing. Yep. But this solidifies this community for, for football. Definitely. I mean, this community loves football. I mean, uh, they ran the Titans out of here and the Oilers, whatever they were back in the day, but they love football. And I think when they talk about what we bring to this team and to this area is a, is a love for hard work. Dom Capers and Steelers is the hard work. You go out here and you work hard in practice. You work hard. He's killing you. On Sunday in meetings, <laughs> you work hard. And we did that this past year. You know, we had guys go down with injuries. We were in every game, and guys really did give full effort. I mean, it was tremendous. And I think that can only help us out for next year. I mean, we get guys healthy, and guys know how to work all four quarters. We got to win some games. We, we have to. How's your folks? How's your brother? I mean, it's oh, getting the games good. in and out. Mom coming one, dad going the yeah, other. Yeah, they come to all the games. My father's still driving the car all over the states. Uh, my mother's right, right alongside of them, sleeping <laughs> in, a, in the car. Uh, it's, it's enjoyable to have them on road trips, to have them travel down to Florida, to have them come to Houston and stay for a week, and my father to enjoy the nice golf courses here in Houston. It's nice to have your family members supporting you and going to your games. And uh, my brother's doing well up there in Green Bay, you know. They came, they came a couple games away from getting to this game, the Super Bowl. But uh, uh, they've done some good things up there. As long as they go as far as Brett Favre takes them. That's how it is up there. He growing dreads too, Darren? Uh, nah, nah. He has, he has cornrows. He has long hair, but he doesn't have dreads. All right, last thing for you. I'll let you go after this. On the way out the door, you did something that uh, no athlete's ever done. You, you bought an ad in the sun, uh-huh. and you expressed your love and support and, and thanks to the people of Baltimore. Yeah. And I, you know, we, we had a lot of debate about whether it was contrived or whether it was Tony Agnone's idea. Uh, Tony called in and said that was completely and totally your idea. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't the first guy to do that. I remember um, Neil Smith, I think he did it when he was in Kansas City. I think they cut him off, of Denver when they cut him, I think. And he put it out on the paper, I think, expressing how he, he loved the fans and what have you. So I, I got it from him, actually. I seen him do it. And then I know when I was in Baltimore, the fans loved me so much, and I loved the fans, and they were so supportive that I didn't want to just leave, okay, this guy gets traded to expand the draft and has never heard of. I want to let them know that I enjoyed their support for me with my, my charity endeavors and, 
and what they did for me on the field and, and, and different things in the area. I just want to show that. And the best way to show that is in the paper, something they can hold on to. And uh, that's why I did it and, and got Tony to set it up and talk to the guys and paid for it and did stuff. So it was all me. And I got it from Neil Smith. He did it before me. You know, he, he got I cut. wasn't sure if it was Agnone or an Under Armour ad or Jamie Sharper from the heart or a combination of all three. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, kinda, it could look those ways. But um, when you look at if you know me as a person, I don't do anything that somebody else wants to do. My marketing person right here is trying to make me do about 50 more interviews, but I'm not going to do it. You know, I do what I, I do what James Trump want to do. You know, Marvin Lewis tried to get me to do things. I do what I want to do. You know, that's the type of person I am, you know. And uh, that's something I had to give back to the fans because they gave so much to me in my five years in Baltimore. And I just had to give that back to them. Well, good, man. You're still giving back. Baltimore loves to hear from yes. you. Likes to see you're doing well. Yeah, I, I want to hear him. more noise I'm glad, out of you. I'm glad Baltimore was in the playoffs last year, man. Ran J. Like Lou, man. J. Lou came down and they ran right out, right? Yeah, he should. They, that was kind of bad. You know, I didn't want to talk about that, but J. Lou should have been out here long, a lot longer, you know. But uh, he's going to make some plays, get back from that ankle, get back from that ACL injury and make some plays for Jack down in Jacksonville. You know, all stuff. of you guys are always going to be special to Baltimore. You Definitely. know, the way we, when you came in, they were talking about Johnny, you and Lenny, you know, to, to my generation, 20, 30 years from now, they're yeah, going to be level. reunions and roasts yeah, be fun. and dinners be fun. and we all hope we live long enough for it all. <laughs> <I hope so laughs> too. All right, Thanks, man. man. Jamie Sharper joining us live down here at Houston. It is Super Bowl 38. Always good to catch up with some old friends. Seeing the bling bling. Keep showing that Ravens ring off. We're back for more from Radio Row in Houston. It is the Budweiser Sports Forum brought to you by Toyota.